Welcome to Making Waves, the creative event production podcast, the podcast that explores the exhilarating world of meetings and events. I'm your host, Heidi Brumbaugh, CMP, CEO and executive producer at Technish Creative. With over 30 years in this business, I'm still curious to learn from my brilliant peers through thoughtful and fun conversations. So listen in as I uncover the stories, ideas, and inspirations that drive those creative minds across various disciplines in the meetings and events industry. Hello, and welcome back to Making Waves, the creative event production podcast. I'm your host, Heidi Brumbaugh. And today I'm excited to welcome my friend, Mark Camp, AKA Marvelous Mark, international rock star keynote speaker. He has been all over the world with his signature drumsticks that he incorporates into the show and his rock star energy. Welcome, Mark. Marvelous Mark. Marvelous Mark. Sorry, I had to put that in the intro there, but what's going on? Hey, uh, you know, I'm just, I'm looking around at everything behind you. Uh, That is like the coolest office ever. Very nice. And I have my name in lights. (laughs) Who doesn't? I have my name on a chair behind me. You can't quite see it, but it's there. So, Mark, uh, you are now an internationally renowned keynote speaker um but i want to i want you to share with your audience a little bit about your background well as you can see i have a guitar hanging in the back and there's a big uh, original poster of jim morrison i have my branded marvelous mark oh not that background i apologize i see it's all about effective communication in our world and in this business but Um, The elevator version, I went from farm boy to Las Vegas headliner in a span of about 35 to 40 years. I uh, started my career out early as a mobile DJ and uh, hit radio DJ personality. And uh, actually, my first gig was done back in 1977 in high school as a DJ and I I had real jobs along the way but I always kept pushing the envelope and I always loved the stage and I I I tell everybody I was a vampire for attention so I was always looking for ways to get immediate feedback and the best way to do that is to uh, do uh, stupid things on stage and get paid for it so that's kind of how I based my career and the the journey along the way took me to great cities like detroit michigan and lansing michigan wibm radio uh, in the michigan uh, radio market Uh, i've lived in fort lauderdale and hillsboro uh, florida tampa florida orlando florida and then in the last 10 years have made it to las vegas or as we say lost wages uh, nevada I've always been in the meetings and event industry uh, on both sides, mostly on the supplier vendor side as a performer, entertainer, and most recently a a keynote speaker, sales trainer, and team building expert. But um, I also have planned a a few small events and I've partnered with companies on events. Uh, So it's it's really good when I speak to our industry audiences because I can kind of relate to both sides. And uh, that's that's where we are today. 
So obviously that entertainment background has helped you this, but I want to talk about, uh, you know, this is the creative event production podcast. So I want to talk about um, a few things, but let's talk about how you get the audience engaged, because in my opinion, you probably have the most unique way of getting the audience involved in the presentation. And I, I don't think anyone has ever fallen asleep in one of your presentations. Well, that's kind of always been that. the, yeah, well, I appreciate that. And that's always kind of been the, the end goal because uh, one of my coaches and mentors uh, said a long time ago that if you can't be memorable, why show up? So because of the zany props, you know, I was always trying to be uh, cutting edge and very, very visual. So I was one of the first uh, corporate performers that incorporated pyro guitars, pyro uh, shooting top hats. I altered uh, confetti storms that you would normally see on truss on a big concert. And I actually made a backpack out of it so I could come out on a corporate stage and shoot confetti all over the audience. But it's kind of like, you know, as a facilitator or a podcast interviewer, if you want to get your, uh, your guest engaged, you ask open-ended questions or you ask questions, hopefully that do not have a yes or no answer. And that's kind of the way you, you do an audience, you know, you want to come out uh, and set the tone and the beat and the pace for the whole event. So I always come out, to the phrase, I guess, balls to the wall of high energy music, some kind of elaborate costume and, you know, give them the wow. And then by doing things, bantering back with the audience, bringing people on stage, uh, incorporating people into the show, you know, whenever you can make people part of the show, that's when you have an engaged audience and that's when they're going to have fun. And sometimes they'll remember the experience, which we know in the meetings and event world, more than the actual content. And if you can uh, cross both lines or both sides and do both, then you've really accomplished a goal. And that's when, especially when you work with a lot of bureaus and third party meeting planners and event producers, when you get those rave reviews of an audience having fun and engaged and participating, that's when it's a win-win. And I did that in 35 years as a touring international uh, entertainer, and I've incorporated some of those same bits and principles and strategies as a professional speaker now. Yeah, so you did transition almost seamlessly, in my opinion, from really on stage entertainer party starter guy the guy that gets all of the audience ready for the keynote speaker you transitioned from that to being the keynote speaker and it's almost like those that knew you it's almost like no one even noticed because the the transition was so smooth and obviously you're bringing really important content as a keynote speaker now where maybe it was a little more fluffy <laughs> back then um, it was more party and just get the energy going um, but how, in your opinion, how, how can a, a keynote speaker or even, um, you know, the CEO that has to get in front of the audience or a, another speaker from the organization, how can, how can those people bring that kind of energy and really turn their presentation into a true production? Well, a lot of it is with coaching and getting professional help. You know, your company 
uh, with Techniche has been very, very effective with that when you work with VIPs and you work with presenters on stage. You know, we, we always say practice and rehearse, practice and rehearse, practice and rehearse. You can never, you can never have too much rehearsal because when when you do that's when it comes off natural and that way when you have a mistake or you have something go wrong you can easily cover it by looking natural by looking comfortable so you know if if you're i mean we've all seen really really good presenters and we've seen really really bad presenters and you don't want that buzz when you go off the stage and that's why it's important to get coaching some sort of coaching you know there's there's only so much you can learn from a youtube video or a webinar online you really need that hands-on you really need to film yourself and watch yourself back you know i'm i'm a huge fan of the mirror and i'm always whenever i practice my keynotes now i always practice in front of a mirror so i can see my hand gestures when i can you know make sure i look directly into the audience or if i'm looking to someone right out in the crowd and they feel as if i'm speaking directly to them so i i can't emphasize that enough and used to in the early days as an entertainer i never wanted to rehearse it was really awkward when a client yeah. wanted to see what I was going to say, like, all right, get up and show us your opening. You know, what are you going to say? What are you going to do? And I'm like, there's no crowd here. I, I don't know what I'm going to say or going to do. And finally, I just kind of made a script and it pacified them. And one of my good friends, Dennis Smith with Party on the Moon, I don't know if you're familiar with that show band out of Atlanta. They're like a huge corporate party band. And he told me that he always said, Mark, what is the most important part of the event? And I'm like, I don't know the, the first song the performance he goes no the rehearsal because the meeting planner and sometimes the client are in there watching you seeing how you handle your people your band uh, what you're saying what you're doing how comfortable you are on stage and when I thought about that I said you know in, in this business you're, you're right it really is the rehearsal when when the client and the meeting professional or the meeting planner is in that room well, I couldn't agree with you more. And I think everyone on the production side appreciates you bringing that up because rehearsal truly is so, so valuable. But I think there's something else that you do and that's give the audience a lot of surprises. And I think that's an easy thing that planners, producers, and speakers can keep in mind. You know, your, your, your pyro hat and the confetti and the t-shirt cannons and everything that you in integrated into your performance those things, you know, can be, can be utilized, not necessarily the same things. Nobody's going to get that hat that you had, but, um, there are surprises that you can integrate into the keynote or the performance to keep the audience interested and watch them, you know, with short attention spans these days, you just, you have to give them something every what, seven minutes. <laughs> yeah, I think, um, I forgot who it was one, one of the speakers that I coached with. Oh, a as a comedian, I think as a comedian, um, when you're doing stand-up, you're supposed to deliver something funny like every 35 seconds. Uh, and if you ever like time it, or if you ever watch like you know uh, a Chris Rock or a Jerry Seinfeld or someone like that, you'll you'll see that they have a, a zinger, a one-liner, or some sort of laugh or 
or something, you know, every few seconds. You don't you don't want to go longer than uh, 35 seconds. It's a little bit different in the in the corporate world, but in today's world, and everybody's you know so so tempted to to look down at their phone. I uh, I had several several comments on the surveys from the end client or the, the meeting planner saying that no one had a chance to look at their their phone. Mark kept the audience so entertained and engaged that uh, it, it was uh, it was like they all eyes were on him. They had no chance to look at the phone. And I kind of make that my my goal is to to make sure that uh, they are engaged and, and that the event is memorable. Well, ideally, I think that should be everyone's goal uh, that's producing an event. So one would think, the, hey. one would think um, yeah. So obviously the rehearsal thing kind of leads into discipline. And in my opinion, you're one of the most disciplined people I know in this, in this profession. Um, so I want to talk about your daily routine and your creative process. I, <laughs> okay. Um, total... <laughs> <laughs> Disclaimer, everyone. Mark got me into an ice bath last week because that's something that he does on a daily basis. That's how disciplined he is. That to me is disciplined. <laughs> so let's talk about your daily routine. Um, you, you stay healthy, you stay energized, and that helps you stay creative so that you're constantly creating great content for your audience and, and delivering a great product to your audience. So t tell everyone about that. Well, one of my quotes in my in my keynote is how you do anything is how you do everything. And when you really do a deeper dive in that, it, it really makes a lot of sense. You know, if if you are disciplined in your rehearsal, if you are disciplined in your uh, diet or your healthy habits, if you're disciplined in your workout, if you're disciplined when you're you know making your sales calls or your your connections with your audience, then you're going to be disciplined in everything you do. So how you do anything is how you do everything, and it all it all starts with with health. You know, I uh, there there was a book I read. I think we actually talked about this when when you were visiting in Vegas. Uh, a book called Dopamine Nation about we live in a world of distractions, and in today's world, uh, a rock star the rock star mindset is not managing your time. It's managing your distractions because we all have the same amount of time, but now we're being fought against or we're fighting distractions and that distractions can be your social media, that distractions can be phone calls, that distractions can be looking at your emails, that distraction can be binge eating, binge watching. I mean, the list goes on and on and on and we get those, those dopamine hits and it's almost like crack cocaine or like sugar to your brain and it craves, uh, craves more and it becomes really, really addictive. But when you have strategies or when you have habits in your worth, work ethic and in your health ethic, I believe both intertwine and both are important. If you look at the great, great CEOs and entrepreneurs, most of those people take 150 days or more a year off. I think it was Bill Gates when he was on a, a three-week vacation, read like 20 books. You know, you, you have to keep feeding yourself with knowledge. You have to keep those habits in place. So to kind of, that was a long version to, 
to the lead into your question. But for me, I usually wake up around 5, 5.30 in the morning. I throw, I immediately throw down a glass of water because your body is detoxing and it's also dehydrating as you sleep. So I roll over and I, I throw down an eight ounce glass of water and then I roll back over and I usually spend about 30 to 40 minutes of prayerful meditation, uh, gratitude, meditation, thanking, you know, uh, God and, and everyone for all the great things that I have in my life. I, 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 I practice gratitude for what I accomplished the day before and then what I want to accomplish today and then I'm ready to hit the floor with purpose so I'll go in and make my my shakes I, I use a lot of natural um, uh, beet juice and beet powder uh, to keep the blood circulating uh, I try to use matcha over coffee but it's usually a combination of both and then in the last year I started ionizing uh, yeah ionizing uh, I have a little eyes eyes on I Iazone, Iazone uh, machine, and that's a whole different uh, TED talk or a whole different presentation <laughs> there. But it's all it's all part of the health, getting oxygen into your blood, getting it ready to rock and roll. And then I have a routine at the gym. I'm, I either run for thirty to sixty minutes a couple times a week, or I go to the gym and do strength training with weights three days a week, and then I do cardio and interval uh, uh, cardio. The other two days, and then usually four to five days, I come back, I jump in the pool, and then I immediately get into my uh, cryo chamber, my homemade ice box, for anywhere from uh, seven to ten minutes uh, of forty-five degree water. And what that does, it speeds up your metabolism, it gets rid of the inflammation, so your muscles aren't sore. It cleans, uh, it, it 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 starts to flush your body and and your system, and then before you know it, you're set for three or four days of, or three or four hours of all day energy. Sure, we'll go with that. Yep, that's exactly what I felt after the ice bath. <laughs> and the best part is you do all of that before great. most people start their work day. <laughs> I felt great, I felt great. No, and you did great. Most people, they can't stay in there 10 to 30 seconds. And you were in there, I forgot what gym timed you, like almost five minutes and for your first first time that that's pretty impressive because sometimes it takes people uh you know they'll get in for 30 seconds they'll get out they'll get in for 60 seconds they'll get out but i, I was really really uh, impressed and it goes to and you know the second day when you got in there you you barely lasted two minutes and it's really about you know mindset and there's a great hidden message there about going all in because i told you the first day that you did it you know don't just put your hand in there don't put just put your foot in there. You got to go all in. And that's how we have to be with our discipline. That's how we have to be with our jobs. That's how we have to be with our presentations. You're either all in or you're not in at all. 98% yeah. is not commitment. 100% is commitment. Well, I think that what you're talking about with wellness and everything obviously is being integrated into the meetings industry now because people i think are more aware of it there are, there are people that are asking for it and want that as part of their daily routine but but the other piece of this is how you're controlling your own body and your own mind so that you you're setting yourself up to be a uh, 
a, a better creator. So anything that you're putting out there as a professional, as a keynote speaker, as an entertainer, you're, you're putting your best foot forward because you put your mind in the right place by going through all of these processes. Yeah. And even on the personal side, you know, I feel I'm a better husband. I feel I'm a better father. I, I feel I'm a better, you know, person for the world because it channels your stress. Uh, it keeps everything flatlined. It keeps your blood sugar level. So you're not being moody. As you know, a lot of times in our world, we're putting in very long days and we're probably not eating and consuming as much water as we should. And sometimes it's really easy to snap at people that we care about or that we love or that are people that are in our band or on our team. And we have to, to walk it back really, really quick or we really have to be conscious of that. Yeah. Well, I mean, we all know that this is a, it's a very stressful industry, event planners, meeting planners, event producers. Um, it's one of the, it's, it's been documented. It's one of the most stressful events in the world, um, you know, right up there with firefighter and, and brain surgeon. So it's not, not for the faint of heart and you have to, it, no joke, that's serious. I think it's like the third, third most stressful job or something. Um, but you, you have to be in the right place and you have to take care of yourself or you should take care of yourself if you're going to be prepared for that type of stress, because stress really is how you respond to the situation. It's not because you're in a unique situation that um, no one else has ever experienced before. The way you react to that stress is really under your own control. And so, it goes right back to that phrase. It goes back to that phrase, how you do anything is how you do everything. You know, if you manage your stress, yeah. if you're aware of that, then that's going to carry over in your teams, in your work life, in your personal life, uh, everything, having, having, those, having those disciplines in place. Yeah, yeah. So I want to talk a little bit about the band and uh, what you talk about in your keynote. Uh, it's been a few years since I got to see it, Mark. I'm, I'm going to have to bring you in for one of my events sometime or uh, hopefully, you know, jump in on an event that you're performing at, but let's talk about your keynote and, and the band. What is the band? Well, the band is your brand uh, is what I tell everybody uh, because uh, I didn't, when I, when I decided I was going to make that transition from entertainer to uh, speaker world, I didn't, I didn't want to be a sellout. My, my incentive was, uh, because I, I put out so much energy on stage, uh, you know, for, for a three to four hour event, um, I'm wondering, you know, how is my look, how's my youth, how's my energy going to hold out when I hit, you know, 50 and 60 and being in Vegas, you know, I, I saw people and, and I do not mean this in a disrespectful way, but you know, there was, there was people on stage like, like Wayne Newton and, you know. Uh, our, our Dick Clark, you know, before Dick Clark passed on to the next life. And, you know, people would be in the audience sometimes be like, wow, when is he going to give it up? Or what, what is he still doing performing? He doesn't need I, money. I worked he with a few of those performers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They, they, they need to hang it up. And I didn't want to be that person. When I, when I left, I wanted to be on top. And I, that's how I wanted to be remembered. But then I thought, well, you know, as a, as a professional speaker, as a, as a keynote speaker, a motivational speaker, you know, I can, I can perform and, and rock out as long as people hire me or appreciate what I do or my content. 
till I'm 70 or 80. So that's when I started that plan. I actually started that transition way back in like 2003, 2004. I knew that that someday that it, it was going to happen. So I was putting planting the seeds way back then before it actually actually happened but I also didn't want to sell out I didn't want to be fake so I wanted to find a way that I could still incorporate entertainment and all the energy that I was known for for all the years on stage as a corporate entertainer and deliver that in a presentation that would be fun engaging but still give businesses attendees associations takeaways, strategies that they could easily be applied to their business. And whether they're a small business owner, whether they're an entrepreneur, whether they're a VP of sales, or whether they're the general manager of a retail chain store. And that's where we came up with the idea of Opportunity Rocks being, uh, you know, being a rock star in business and beyond. Because when you look at the successful rock stars, you look at the Rolling Stones, Aerosmith, Beyonce, and now Taylor Swift, you know, is so hot right now. They're, the successful ones, the smart ones, they have disciplines, like you mentioned. They have strategies. They are really, really good business people. So why not take those strategies that they use and apply it to your business, to a corporate business? Uh, because it's a lot more fun than, you know, listening to the person that climbed Mount Everest and froze their toes off and and almost didn't didn't make it back because you can't relate to that. But in our world, music is the international language and everybody has has their anthem. Everybody has some sort of connection. It doesn't have to necessarily be rock and roll music, but everybody has some sort of connection. And we narrowed it down to the four the four chords of rock star success. And those chords are the D chord, which is a bigger dream or vision, or as I call it, the bud, the big unreasonable dream. Uh, the C chord, which is about change. As I mentioned earlier, you know, you want to be the change creator. The best way to manage change is to create your own change, be the change, drive the change. The B chord is about band. Uh, teamwork, working together as a team, checking your egos at the door, doing what's best for the band, doing best what's best for the team. And then the A chord is action and account accountability. And I've tweaked that through the years of not just taking action, but taking the right action. Because of the world that we live in, because of all the distractions, people get pulled away from their goal, their big unreasonable dream. So it's the four chords of rock star success. And if you play them every day, you can be a rock star in your business. What's the one key message you want an attendee to take away from the session? I think uh, you want to be your future rock star self because most people suffer from what I call HDL, which is highly deserved level. A lot of people get so busy and in the day-to-day -day that they don't have time to realize who their future self is or they think the same success or the same amount of hours the same work level that they're doing today is going to be who they are in five to ten years from now and if that's what you want if you're happy with the status quo then that's fine just keep doing what you you've always done and you'll keep getting what you've always gotten as they say but when you develop and talk about or see your future rock star self that person doesn't exist yet but the actions that it takes to be that person can begin immediately 
And that is the definition of rock star self, uh, your future rock star self. When you have that goal, that big unreasonable dream, then all you have to do is just figure out the pathway. They call that pathway thinking. Just figure out the pathway to get there. I love it. Mark, if somebody wants to follow you or if somebody wants to follow you or connect with you or book you for a, for a keynote, how do they reach you? They can just go to iturnitup.com or they can Google Marvelous okay. Mark or they can, they can Google Mark Camp or they can uh, Google uh, Techniche and you'll point in my way. And Marvelous Mark, for those that are listening and not watching, it's M-A-R-V-E-L-L-E-S-S, Marvelous, because... Less gives you more. <laughs> awesome. Mark, thanks so much. We're going to have to do this again sometime. Thanks for being one of the early guests on Making Waves, the creative event production podcast. I hope to see you soon. And for those of you at home, make waves. See you next time. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Making Waves, the creative event production podcast. I'm thrilled to have you on this journey with me. If you like what you heard today, subscribe and come back for future episodes. And don't forget, stay curious, stay inspired, stay creative, and make waves.